Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Hey, good morning. Welcome to another week in the Buy Here, Pay Here world. Yes, I hope you all and had a good weekend. Um, yeah, I... I a great weekend for us. Yeah, it was perfect. just a, you know, lots. We we just really enjoy. We're uh, we're not the kind of people that are going out all the time, True. and so <laughs> we've we've got a, a really, um, a, a really deep uh, relationship with Grubhub and <laughs> and <laughs> and those and those because it's like you know it's like oh you know what I could really really go for. Is I could go for X, mm-hmm. like you know, we wanted Italian food um, on Saturday, and so you know, we got on Grubhub and found one that we'd heard really good things about and had it delivered, and it was just like the best ever. Mm-hmm. And and us because we are kind of homebodies, we're like, this is the best mm-hmm. that we get to have. You know, we live in a world today where you know all that kind of stuff is so easy for us to get access to, and mm-hmm. it's just like we don't have to go just- out. If just we don't be, want to go out, be sensitive that we have some rural listeners who don't. Oh, They're I'm not sorry. That I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. Um, yeah. Well, so. and your mom is like, we've we've uh, guy in Oklahoma. It's like, hey, what do you have um, on Grubhub? And she's like, what? That's Grubhub. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we happen town. to live somewhere Small where we can't do that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty awesome though. So yeah. I hope you all had a good weekend. Happy President's Day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Today's um, the day. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is a. Um, yeah, it's it's a day that we just honor everyone who has given of their time and their life to be able to 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 serve that position. So mm-hmm. we just thank you to mm-hmm. all that have done that. And and uh, I'm kind of thinking most of the dealers out there are probably open today. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah, yeah. So that means they're busy <clears throat> doing tax <gasps> refunds yeah. and, and uh, financing cars. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it's starting to really take off. We one of our clients. Wow. The, the right? new sales record <laughs> just took off. I mean, and he's like, I don't know what to do. And they Jim sent goes, a text on the uh, on the seventeenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, whatever, <clears throat> and said, I, you know, I gave me the total count for volume. Like that's more volume than you ever done, and it's halfway through the month. Like, yeah, you know, so they're excited. I just, I, I, I'm <clears throat> mindful when I see that. You know, I always talk about it's. It's easy to get intoxicated by the sales volume and the gross profit and the opportunity that comes with that. And so I just, and we also know that February, just this is a word of caution for everybody out there. Word, you know, we know that historically, yeah, tax refund season historically has been the worst book of business that dealer dealers originate have the highest charge off rates. And so I just say, just be cautious. Don't throw underwriting out the window just because there's a fat down payment, just because, you know, we, uh, when we say that down payments aren't the predictor, you know, we have to be watchful. And, but what we do know is historically. Yeah. You know, we were talking to a colleague of ours a couple of years back um, in the uh, capital world and, and we were just looking at some uh, sitting in, in their office and looking at some of the, the trends. And it's, so we were just having this conversation about how, um, tax time purchases do historically. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing to me with, you know, uh, capital providers have a lot of, of data points. And so it was interesting. And he's, he's, uh, they were like, you know, uh, it's great 
and there's a lot that comes mm -hmm. because of that and you you know your charge off rate and all of that and it's it's great but uh i i remember i remember them just uh, and like tongue in cheek it's like just because they have three thousand dollars doesn't mean they're a good deal and um and most of the time what they're seeing is if they have three thousand dollars it's not going to be a good deal um unless you can see that they've got just like a really great history mm -hmm. but yeah don't get intoxicated by the downs but yeah mostly you know. just don't mm -hmm. don't throw out underwriting continue yeah. to underwrite the deal and look ahead to you know it's like people talked about about a lot of successful dealers over the years tell me that they look past the down payment well what does that mean i think if they do that they need to look past small down payments and need to look past large down payments and look at you know does the customer yeah, qualify yeah. well yeah right? that's that that was actually another conversation we were having with some some dealers the other day yeah. about small down payments and how many um, deals are being missed or skipped because their team is like, that's too small. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah. how are they? And they happen to be Neo users. And so it's like, well, how are they scoring? Yeah. Well, they're scoring a B, yeah. but they just don't have as big of a down payment. It's Ooh. like, mm. Mm. <laughs> missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. But but having said that, the dollars mm -hmm. have to still work for true. the dealer. I mean, financially, true. there's that's a business true. model. So the what's the topic for today? Oh, I don't know. I thought you brought one. Awkward. <laughs> uh, no, we're talking about debt reduction. Uh -huh. And really, it's just mm -hmm. a continuation yeah. of all of our conversations around cash flow mm -hmm. and portfolio performance, which you folks, you might as well get used to it. I'm going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep mm -hmm. talking about portfolio it's performance. Important. And it's, it's like it's, the most important. And, thing and you know, every do. time we bring on a new client, it's like, that seems to be one of the first kind of big things. Um, typically, not uh -huh. all the time, but typically it's just kind of like, let's look at how your, how your cash flow and all of that is looking. Yeah. And so I pulled together some numbers. And so part of what brought this about is mm -hmm. this whole thing about like, we've had several client meetings in the last few weeks that are around all the lending and funding and cash flow questions, like mm -hmm. LTV questions in, and looking at portfolio performance, analyzing a portfolio, looking at uh, introducing private debt and mm -hmm. you know how that could look in a yeah. person's business and so it's just all these yeah. things that were all the subjects kind of intersect here yeah. you know all the stuff i've been talking about with people and so this weekend i actually made time to sit down and put together a side-by-side -side analysis. He was really excited to show me when he was done. It was, Don't make fun of me. I'm not making fun of you. It was really cute. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a numbers nerd. So. Uh, yes. But you know what I find really interesting in, in this is like the dealers that we, that, uh, that we work with and, and, you know, that we're seeing data from other things is, is I, I remember when I first got um, introduced to buy here, pay here, and kind of stepped in in the business. That that one of the things that was said by dealers, you can't get private money, you can't get banks, you can't get it's. You're going to have to go. You're going to have to do. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. And it's like you know that's not exactly true. The great options out there mm -hmm. that are capital providers in the space, but but it's we see dealers every day being able to get money from sources that are not your conventional in the in the industry space sure mm -hmm. in fact one of the dealers that we will show the data i'm not giving the dealers names we just have kind of generic labels on everybody today but i these are these are what i brought is uh side by side comparison for five actual dealers. yeah well it's and two of them actually have private money yeah 
Yeah, yeah two of them true. have private money and not. Um, yeah, and, and, and that doesn't yeah. matter much for what we're talking about today. It's like, but the point is, it's like all these different ways to fund mm -hmm. your business and what's the money cost. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if the money's more expensive, is there a way to replace it with something more affordable? Yeah. And so this is all the stuff. These are all the conversations we're having all the time with all these dealers. And so it's it's an interesting time. Obviously, money is costing more. And so that naturally puts people in a place of, wow, I got to find, you know, it's taking away a lot of my margin here. And so I got to find, mm -hmm. you know, new and creative ways. We heard one of our um, dealer colleagues or dealer friends that we know um, made the comment in the past podcast is like, you know, private money is probably going to be the future of the success of a lot of dealers. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't disagree. Like uh, it's cheaper money, wherever that comes from. And that's, it's probably that's private the point now. I wanted to make right. is that, that typically when we're seeing people with private money, it's cheaper. Yeah. It's, but it just, it takes a little bit more building relationships and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. it's usually cheaper. Yeah. So I think, you know, we can dig into the numbers here and I think let me just kind of caution everybody. Like, so what you're looking at is five actual dealers. Okay. So I've taken, mm -hmm. I've taken, and one of them, I only have three months worth of results with. So, you know, we grain of salt, I suppose, but um, that's more than we have with some, right? So it's, so it's like, we've got three months worth of data history on a, an established dealership. And the we've rest got of them more than, extensive. they're more than 12 months yeah. on the, on the rest. Some yeah. of them 24 months, whatever. But uh, if you want to show the screen, I'll show this first tab and I'm just going to uh -huh. show you inside the, before I show you the summary, I want to show our viewers. And this is another one of those episodes where you're probably going to want to see the screen. I'll do the best I can to talk through it verbally. But you know, what we're seeing on the screen is a simple roll forward. And when I say simple, I chose to make them all the same. Like I just said, if this dealer were starting this roll forward period with a million dollars in receivables, okay. what would that look like? If that, how would that money? If, um, if based on their flow. track record, based Correct. on, based on their conversion data, rates. these numbers, like right? Brand here. new tranche of money, same conversion rates. What would it look like? Yeah. So that's okay. kind of what was the purpose of the analysis. And it, because it really related to two dealers that I'm working with to the, both of which are represented in this data pool, but it's like, you're, you're basically, Starting with conversion rates, which I talk about all the time. We had, you know, Jimmy Rambo on again. We touched again on, you know, collateral recovery rate. All those numbers are kind of mm -hmm. variations of these same numbers. So I call them conversion because when I build a forecast, what, what um, folks who can see the screen see that there's a million dollars up there in blue. And now we're our historical conversion rate on principle has been 2.71% as a percentage of the opening balance. So that just says and in, this is in just the first with this month, specific dealer. Correct. Okay. Okay. So this is taking <clears throat> that 2.71% as their actual historical rate of converting principal. So okay. what that tells us is in the first month, they would, if you extended that into a forecast, you know, extrapolate that into a roll forward. Uh, so that's what they're seeing on the screen here is it says that we should collect in month one, that dealer should collect principal. in month one about 27 grand of principal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. The principal charge off is one point, I'm sorry, is um, 1.5%. So that means it should charge off about 15 grand of principal in the first month. So again, all we're doing, and obviously we're taking that same rate and, and, ex and extending it. I, in this case, I did 36 months because mm -hmm. one of the dealers that we're working with does a pretty long contract term. And so I wanted to see at least 36 months worth to kind of see how that pans out and how that would affect strategy. And then that, that helps us if there are any other adjustments to principal than we'd have that in there, but otherwise you've got a closing principal balance of that it says at the end of the first month, after we charge off our principal and collected some principal, we would close the month with about nine fifty seven on this portfolio. You can see up here balance. on row, mm -hmm. on row three up here, I've got 
amount financed is zero because we're not putting any more contracts in that portfolio. This is the first step, I think. And and most lenders and people talk about rolling 12s, rolling 24s. It's like it's about building a projection mm-hmm. on your current cash flow at your current rate of collecting. Okay. okay. And so is your current portfolio performance. And then a couple other factors down here that we use repo ACV, the rate at which we're bringing in repo dollars, and then the rate at which we're collecting interest. So you can see in this particular dealer's case, they're, you know, obviously 2% would be a 24% annual rate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rough numbers, usually those convert out to more like 1.9, 1.8. But in this case, it's a little lower rate. But now that we have that, it tells us, okay, this is the cash that we should yield across 36 months. And now I bring that back to a summary. So I can take you to the next screen and let's look at another dealer. Same numbers, one, $1 million to start. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. why that screen changed. I thought my view was set for the whole document, but let's see what I can do here. That's going to be a pain if I have to do it on every page. But. <laughs> Uh, So now you got 3.9% with this dealer. This dealer's converting a little better, a little faster on principal. Uh, Charge-off principal is 2.5 and repo ACV 0.5 and then interest collected 1.1%. So again, lower interest rate. Can I ask a question? Um, And and if it's not appropriate, because I don't want to like totally squirrel. What are the factors that that are about um, the... uh, how that number that principal collected changes from 3.5 the other one was two point something just the rate at which the dealer collects their historical historically okay so it has nothing to do with any of the um like the underwriting numbers of like this is your interest rate okay gotcha nothing this is just just their historical collection it's just taking their history of converting their portfolio to cash and Mm -hmm. extends it across 36 months and say if we continue to collect at the rate that we are regardless how you underwrote the paper regardless price of the cars if we continue to collect our current portfolio and obviously if you have different kinds of portfolios you might want to stratify those yeah which is kind of like saying if you continue with your practices that you Mm -hmm. have right now correct this is what what it could look like That's and so that, that that and that kind of is an interesting thing is because i know as when you get to this graph it's like the question is going to be how are they doing this different yeah what are they sure. doing that's different yeah um, because it's, it's part of where we yeah work, okay right? and yep. so figuring mm-hmm. that out and seeing why they're different and, and mm-hmm. looking at loan structure but i think what i started to say is that you've got if you have two different tiers of business like certain you got one group of one portfolio might mm-hmm. be higher cost cars, one group mm-hmm. lower cost cars. It'd probably be appropriate to categorize those separately and run two different models mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, and then blend them, you know, if you need to. But, you know, I think that's what you can see is each one of these is modeled out the same way and just taking a million dollars because what I'm trying to do is say, okay, now if if a dealer, like what's common in our space is to draw against that portfolio mm-hmm. about, a, about a half, about 50%. Okay? Uh, and that's, that's, like, oh, who was it we were talking to recently that that said, hey, even if they're offering a 65%, don't take it. Yeah, well, yeah. every model is going to be different. I don't yeah. know that, that you can use that kind of blanket statement because I think there are some dealers out there who might be able to justify that. Okay. Okay. So I think you just got to be careful about okay. blanket statements without knowing somebody's operation. But I would say that... um yeah, generally speaking, we like to see lower leverage for yeah. all the reasons. We're, that, we're usually around the 50%. Yeah, like 45 I, I, to I would love to the dealer had enough yeah. reserves and cash to do less than that even. But mm-hmm. but you, 
and I've had conversations with the, these lenders and I'm just saying, look, you know, they, they, they argue, some argue that, you know, you want a certain advance rate, you make the whole thing work. I'm like, well, if, if I have enough cash flow to take less, I want to take less. So, so, you know, you can't make me take your money. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of the thing that I'm, I'm <laughs> thinking. So we'll just see how that all shakes out for each, each dealer. Right, but this all starts with, okay. I know. I'm sorry. I, I wish that I had it over here and you could just tell me and so you could keep talking and I could do the, right. we'll, we'll just, I could do all of that stuff. We'll, it'll give our folks a chance to, you know, catch up. Take a quick break. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, so now this is where you take those same numbers. So, so let's so just we've got dealer N as a name. J C A B. Yeah, they're just generic labels. So now, but, but these conversion rates, see the conversion rate right here at the top. These conversion rates are what you're seeing over there on that other page that I showed you. This I pulled the individual dealer's conversion rates over to that other sheet and say, okay, if we all started with a million dollars and we all took a 50% advance on our portfolio, how does the cash flow support that debt? And uh -huh. in particular, if we just use certain parameters and we say, well, with every lender, whether it's a private lender or, or institutional type lender, they're going to want to see you stay in a certain ratio to assets. You know, mm -hmm. that's a, it's kind of your, your leverage rate, things, your yeah. max advance, you know, they're going to adjust your borrowing base to kind of keep you in this case, we're trying to stay below a 50% leverage. Okay. So, because that's what we're drawing at the front end. That's what I chose. You can see down here on row 23 that I did an advanced illustration of 50%. Then what I began to toy with is what kind of principal conversion or, or I'm saying principal applied to debt. So you can see those are seeing the screen you're on, on row 14 there. I'm picking the percentage of principal that I'm applying to debt. Okay. So why do I do that? Well, because my feeling is that if I'm a lender, if I'm a dealer, let's be the dealer for a minute. If I'm the dealer and I'm the one taking the risk and I'm the one managing the portfolio, then my interest earnings really ought to stay with me. I think that's part of my, that's part of how I manage my losses. It's part of how I support my business. And so I'm just simply saying, if we started from that framework and we said, let's let the dealer, the borrower in this case, retain the earnings from the interest. Okay. And now we just said, okay, now that of the principle that we collect from customers how much principal would we need to apply to the debt on an ongoing basis to stay ahead of the 50% leverage? Okay. okay. So now this is nice because now I can just change those numbers. And this is where the, the nerd in me is able to kind of help <laughs> figure out this stuff, because I think this is a really excellent side-by-side -side illustration because it helps dealers understand something that's otherwise kind of elusive. So let's just talk about if I'm paying the interest, to the, to the investor at 12%. And this is kind of a creative thing that I do. It's not anything that it doesn't factor in much to what we're doing here today, but I'm really just looking first at this thing about how we would apply the debt. And so look at this, if we start at a, the principal repayment as a percentage of the original debt down here, and then debt percentage of portfolio at 12 months. So you can see that if, if every one of these five dealers did the same thing, they all took 90% of the principal they collected for the customer, from the customer and applied it to the debt. And and the, kept the interest and kept that other 10% of, of the principal. Of the principal. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Okay. Then what this tells us, this row down here, number 20, becomes really informative because what it's saying is this dealer number one, dealer N, as in Nancy, is at 38.7% debt. 
if they simply now again this assumes that the portfolio is able to be isolated and that you're able to apply debt in this way because most most portfolios and lines of credit this is where dealers struggle to manage this because they're drawing back up and they're just drawing back up and drawing back up to the borrowing base which might 50 percent in this case so they're so this dealer would have some money to be able to borrow back in but we're kind of measuring okay how are we able to reduce debt just just again using the same formula with everybody and you can see that in this particular dealer's case, they would be reducing debt. 12 months in, they would have a 38.7%. Now let's stop there for just a minute. You say, okay, Jim, that's great, but I can't afford to put 90% of my principal toward my debt. You okay. know? So this becomes a structural question, right? So we, we won't be able to break all that down here today, but I would just say that the first order business is just to look at what, at my current rate of cash flow, my current rate of converting my portfolio to cash what could I do to reduce my debt? So now let's just focus for a minute. In fact, let's just hide all these just for a moment. Let's just hide all this and just, just focus on dealer number one here. Um, now, if I just look at this one dealer and I say, how much, how little principle could I apply to my debt and still stay ahead of my, my percentage? I have to stay below that 50%, right? So I could do less. Let's try 85 I'm at 41.2. Let's try 80%. If I only put 80% of my Based principal, on how well they are collecting, how well they're converting their notes into payments. I'm saying yeah. it's the same. I'm just saying, okay. it's, assuming it's the same, assume, like you said. Well, you're saying that like um, it's this dealer, right. is it a 2.7% I have no basis for changing that. Yeah. It's so based on it, long like, history. Based on that, okay. Assuming their practices stay mm -hmm. the same as you said earlier, and mm -hmm. I continue to collect at the rate that I have been, mm -hmm. then I think what this lets me do, because I can adjust this, like a lot of this, when we're working with dealers, this is voluntary. Like we're setting this up from the beginning to help mm -hmm. them make a plan to mm -hmm. be able to, to pay off debt, knock down debt. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, so this is in, and this is typically could be done like on a portfolio basis with good software. You can easily segregate portfolios and you could, you could develop a strategy around a portfolio that does exactly what we're doing here. So I think in this case, I'm going to take it down even further, 75%. I'm still You're below still my, mm -hmm. you see, I'm, I'm, so I'm now my cash flow is better. I'm able to keep more cash in my business. I'm now keeping 25% of my principal in my business and only applying 75% to my debt. So now it's just using all those same conversion rates above. And so let's just toy with 70. Can we still, yep, we're still there. So my point really is that, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you could experiment with that number and see what could work and still keep you in favor with your mm -hmm. lender. Obviously you need to make sure and stay in covenants and stay within that ratio. If, if this is, you know, a, a, that type of lender. And it also depends on what your goal is. I mean, is your goal to get out of debt? Right. Um, For, is your goal sure. just to, just to maintain a healthy debt? Right. Um, because there's two, that's two different questions. Yeah. Very, yeah. But now let's go back to where we started, which was applying 90% principal to debt. And you can see that dealer one is at 38.7. Uh, dealer C over here is actually down to 25%. That's incredible. In 12 months, they basically have reduced their ratio a ton just because they're, that why? Because they're collecting principal at a rate of 4.3%, you know? So that's across a long history, but you know, you would want to kind of do an updated history of maybe six months worth, six to 12 months and, mm -hmm. and make sure you've got that. But, but clearly this dealer could do a lot less principal and still stay ahead of their 50%. Mm -hmm. Because and, of their collection rate. But the concern yeah. becomes this one out here on the far right, dealer B is actually, even if we apply 90% of the principal, they fall out of favor 
with their lender because they're that that rate of principal does not get them below their 50%. They would probably have to go, it just applies it to all the dealers on the list. They would have yeah. to go to 97% of the principal coming in from the customers would have to go to debt at their current rate of performance in order to be able to stay ahead of that 50% leverage. Yeah. Okay. So this is why this is so important. It's like, it lets you see side by side why these numbers vary. And I want to go back to the 90% because I want to show a couple other things here, just kind of where we started. Um, where is that ratio? It's, I guess, this one right here. Principal collected as a percentage of charge-off principal. So I, I wrote an article about this. Um, oh, it's probably been four or five years ago. We could try to fish it out. I think it went in the magazine in Texas. But it basically is talking about the relationship like do we collect more principal than we charge off and and i'm just kind of taking a eighth grade math approach to it mm -hmm. and just saying don't we think in a buy here pay here business if our portfolio is performing well whatever our definition of well is and that article just basically says we i like to see a dealer always be collecting more principal than they're charging off in this experience so if you look at the ratios here you know, that dealer's 180%. Said another way, they're collecting a dollar and 80 cents of principal for every dollar they're charging off. Okay. But these two dealers out here on the right, they're, they're below a hundred percent. So they're, they're, they're currently, at least on recent history that we have with them, they're charging off far more principal than they're collecting, which drives why these numbers down here look so much different. You mm -hmm. know, even if they apply most of their money. Yeah. I, what I'm seeing there's that's interesting is that, um, you know, you look at, uh, overall dealer B mm -hmm. is, is, has a lower charge off rate, but they're collecting worse. And so that's what puts them right. further in, um, sure. And overall. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's interesting to me yeah. how those numbers work. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. So this is also, you know, look at the cash flow across these, you know, again, same amount of um, portfolio. These these are things we can study, you know, another time. Mm -hmm. But but the other thing I looked at was repayment period. Mm -hmm. Like if I got a half a million dollar loan uh -huh. and I applied 90% of my principal to that loan, how long would it take me to repay it? And this dealer, not surprisingly, the dealer with a high percentage of principal being collected they pay the thing off in about 19 months. Mm -hmm. So now they're going to enjoy a lot of cash flow on the backside of that 19 month period. What's once their they, typical term for their loan? Typical? Uh huh. What is uh, their I typical say. term? Like it's not, it's not I, I, usually is, a term. Isn't it a, well, I mean, that, uh, not term. Uh, they're usually, they show in their, um, in their DMS that it's going to take 36 months. Or oh, you mean the customer's the, loan? Yes, the customer's yeah, it's, loan. Yeah, uh, it's averaging probably around 36, 38 months, okay. I think, with most of the dealers we work with. So, so. they've got uh, they've got 20 yeah. months of yep. this is just, we don't owe anybody anything. Right. Yes. And I think this mm -hmm. dealer takes 33 months at this current rate, and and that's, that's long. Like, you know, you probably would have a curtailment um, process in there so that if it falls mm -hmm. below the 50%, you, you curtail or adjust to the, that ratio, mm -hmm. but, um, or that, that borrowing limit, whatever. But I think what it shows is that if we, it, it is really first and foremost, does the support, does the portfolio support that? Mm -hmm. 
that's what we have to calculate first. And that's why I say, you know, if you got, regardless of what your strategy for debt reductions would be. And by the way, I got to say our conversation on, um, around growth strategies last Thursday. For those of you who missed Thursday's live stream, oh, yeah. you're going to want to find that. We should have it's, that available. It actually will be available today. Okay. So, so you've got on the Institute, right. the HPH Institute. Yeah. So look for, um, you know, the February uh, dealer roundup. And so we had a great conversation around debt with two really successful, well-established dealers, mm -hmm. significant portfolios. And, um, you know, they won't mind me saying they were, you know, part of the the broadcast like Nick Marcosian out of uh, Utah, Utah and then uh, Dan Grovener out of uh, Missouri, they had very different outlooks on debt. They, you know, they, they have had different approaches where that's concerned. Neither one's wrong, just what's right for them. And now it's, but it was interesting to really break that down. And now if you add that to this conversation is that was part, of, I think the stimulation here is just helping dealers that we're talking to mm -hmm. figure out how do I, how do I manage my debt? How could I, uh, become attractive to private investment, et cetera. Well, mm -hmm. I think the first order of business is this and just, just study your conversion rates. And, you know, look, folks, I get it. You, you dealers out there, you're busy. You, you have a hard time sitting down to, to do this. I'm simply saying these numbers are way more important than the price of your cars. It's way more important. Than, it's, it's about the most important number you can produce. And that's why on our episode mm -hmm. last week, we offered a share our portfolio analysis tool, just free of charge. You let yeah. us know, send us an email and we'll get you the, yeah. the conversion tool because these numbers are going to be, especially in times like now where cost of money is up, mm -hmm. it's just going to be super important that you know your historical Mm -hmm. conversion rates, collateral recovery rate, whatever you want to call that. You need to kind of know and, what's yeah. what's the projection on my portfolio based on my history. And then and based on that, it's like, where do you need to adjust? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So do you, are you going to show your, your really cool chart? Oh, I can do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, this is, let's see, which one's which. This is the outstanding debt on a, uh, in dollars so so i have to i didn't put dollar amounts on it but you can see this dealer this is the one that we showed was debt free in 19 months mm -hmm. paid off the debt in full um this dealer at about that same mark still owes gotta get where i can see the numbers um still owes 57 looks like and the next one would be i could barely read those numbers I have to hover over it but 101 so big differences already. This dealer up here at the top after 19 months, while the other one's debt-free, this one is sitting at hmm, 203. Still owes 200,000 of the original half a million. And I, again, we're applying, we're still using the 90% principle applied to debt. So you can see the rate at which those portfolios are converting cash is very different. That's why mm -hmm. I wanted to it's the exact. It's this. the same, it's the same, a million dollars mm -hmm. based on their historical ability to collect. Right. And the same, like, we're just going to apply 90%. This is, it, to me, it just shows how you collect is, like, that's that's massive. I it's, mean, how it's the money yeah. that goes in your bank. Yeah, it's, it's how like, you I collect. I don't know how to be more, you could be more mm -hmm. important than that. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's not how many we sell. It's just mm -hmm. how many dollars we can mm -hmm. get in the bank account. So yep. it's, uh, it's really, you're right. I mean, it's just another example of why collections are so yeah. important, but, and in this case, it just shows that those, those rates vary a lot. So this one's particularly distressing to me. I mean, if I'm 
dealer B over here, because what I'm seeing is if we look at, see, they all start at 50%. So 50% of of uh, the debt of the total outstanding portfolio. Okay. So this is now measuring debt as a percentage of receivables, which is what the lenders are going to look at to make sure that we stay in ratio, right? This is part mm-hmm. of the covenant thing. We got to make sure we stay inside our borrowing base and stay in this case, a 50% limit. So these other four dealers, they do they, their collection rate is such to, you know, reduce and stay, uh, you know, below that 50% mark all the way across this dealer is getting to 0% in 19 months and so on. But the concern here is that even this dealer B by by applying 90% of their principal to the debt, all at the same interest rate with everybody here. It just, they don't, they can't stay ahead of the receivables. Their, their current, and all that, all that's different here is their collection rate, the mm-hmm. performance of the portfolio itself. And they can't even at plan 90, we said, we said they had to get to 97% to be able to That's, make that stable. This below is that rate. really, to me, really powerful for like a dealer to go, all right, my collection rate is mm-hmm. the, the, it really is just such a key thing sure. to all of this. And so if you're not collecting at certain percentages, then that's, that's a, um, a that's a, that's a need to have conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Somebody. Uh, and, and with somebody or, <laughs> yeah, I'll say, yeah. let me connect you yeah. with yeah. somebody, but it's, it's like that there's, there's a real, there's a real, um, and, and we don't use the word need very often, but that, that there's a need to, to look at your current collection practices. And, we would strongly, strong, okay, so strongly, that you make strongly. time to look at this number. That's what I felt like I did earlier. We strongly advise dealers make time to look at this. It's that important. Why? Mm-hmm. Because the portfolio performance in all these dealers, they're all doing the same thing. They're all paying the same interest rate. They're all applying the same amount of money mm-hmm. out of their portfolio to debt. But this one dealer is, is debt-free much earlier. And the only difference here is portfolio performance. That's it. So this is yeah. why this illustration I think is useful um, to be able to help folks yeah. understand what they're seeing and why that why that matters so much. And your ability, any any dealer who's listening to this, their ability to retire debt and reduce because cost of money is high right now. So if they really want to, you know, get to a place where they can, uh, you know, reduce debt again, the first order mm-hmm. business in my book is let's measure the historical yeah. portfolio performance. Then we can extrapolate from that yeah. what the the cash yield looks like we have a facebook user and again if if you don't see your name when this comes up it's because you still you have to go back in and give permission to Streamyard to to show your name if you want it shown um a note about outside capital make sure you clearly understand all factors of the program you are looking into communication and cost uh, communications and cost the best time to start a relationship with a capital provider when uh when when you're not when you're not stressed yeah for capital um, collection rate is key, key, key. Yeah. And this is why, and uh, good morning, Karen. Oh, <laughs> that was good morning, Karen. Was yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Um, so <laughs> the, uh, that's absolutely true. And obviously Karen has lived in that space for a long time. Mm-hmm. So this, is, this is someone that deals in capital every yeah. day. That's saying it's just, and it's they're, key. They're, the other thing that we see here is, uh, by the way, all of these dealers are servicing their own portfolio. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I, 
probably should have said that on the front end. I think it's kind of a given, but uh, they may be they may be using offshore collectors or whatever. But in they're some cases, the ones that are they're, con- they're managing. Um, so that it's an in in house. It's not. It's not. Uh, right. It's not an outsourced well, situation. That one I thought was. Um. No. Uh, okay. So yeah. Okay. I, I, I was thinking that later, I was so thinking that one of them actually was using a third party to collect. Um, on a limited basis. So okay, it's not gotcha. quite that straightforward, but, okay. um, but anyway, we can, I would just say that the, the, regardless, the rate at which the portfolio is converting is what drives the mm-hmm. difference in these graphs that we're seeing. Mm-hmm. So this is why it's just really important. Like, you know, again, this dealer would have to apply almost a hundred percent of their principal from customers at their current rate of collections in order to stay in, in order to keep their debt from growing. Can you change that to a hundred percent on that other? Yeah, um, sure. Cause I know that it all drives from that and let's just see what that looks like. And I mean, it's going to cha- change everybody's numbers obviously, we'll but just to again. see how, um, so yeah, so that's, that put it below that, the, that, that, that it changed. It's this the, one. Yeah. It's this one we're yeah. talking about. So yeah, now you can see that dealer does stay below the 50% and does. So know, what does dealer, but, dealers see how long does it take them the ones that we're collecting so well it's like it's 16 it's months now at, yeah 16, 16 months, months. Okay. but i think the the other problem i see here is even though this dealer's staying below 50 percent, we're at the end of of three full years and we said these notes are running about three years and look at how much of the debt the dealer still owes in this case uh-huh. you know now granted it's 50 percent of what receivables are still there but mm-hmm. You know, that's not quite, you know, that's not the full story because in reality, you've got, um, you know, you've got these portfolios going to be running off because what I've done here, again, we're not putting new contracts in there. So these portfolios will pretty much be gone in 36 months, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We uh, twiddled down to nearly nothing. And that's, and that's what most dealers try to do is it's like, you don't want to go, you know, most, it's like their goal is, is a three-year note. Mm-hmm. It's you're done in about three years. I right. know that. With the current economic through COVID and all that, it, we were seeing it go out to five. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, three yeah. years. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, that's the part I wanted to illustrate today. Again, I think, you know, the main thing is to emphasize here that, you know, look, business models vary. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, collection rates vary. Strategy and, and kind of um, attitude around debt is going to vary from dealer to dealer. Not everybody needs to, but I, I'm just, my, sim- my simple idea here was, if you are interested in reducing debt, then it would be my recommendation. The first thing to do is figure out what is, what is the cash yield on the portfolio and what could you do? Mm-hmm. Because now if I back into that and I say, okay, it looks like it's going to take 85% for me to stay ahead of that. Mm-hmm. Now that lets me know how much cash I'm going to have to keep in my own pocket monthly. Yeah. And I have to go back to my operation and say, do I have enough cash elsewhere in my operation to do that? Mm-hmm. Right? Can I afford? in my current structure to do, to put 85% of my principal as an example toward the debt. So, so again, this is just a good place to start to get a feel for, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to be possible. So I, um, I hope, uh, everybody, you know, that tuned in got some value <laughs> out of that. Um, uh, yeah, me too. And, and if there's like, if, if you'd like to maybe if this is something that you just like, I have no idea where to start, give us a call. Um, call or text 903-816-0216. Also, if you're listening to this via a, um, uh, 
one of the syndicated podcast stations, please go to YouTube mm -hmm. so you can see the charts and um, and actually see how these how these things uh, look yep. instead of just how they sound. Before we so, uh, wrap up, let me put yeah. in a quick word for uh, our V8 dealer groups. So we've got another meeting tomorrow night with our uh, group two, which is the larger dealers. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little late. We could maybe get you in there if we hustle around and bring some numbers together. But uh, that, that group generally is from the members are currently like 700 to 2000 accounts. So roughly the size there. And then we have our second call it mid-sized group. Uh, that meeting will be next week. So there's definitely time mm -hmm. if you're a, yeah. a mid-sized dealer and that, you want to find yeah. a place to compare. That's and our second mid-sized group. Yep. Cause it seems like most, you know, a lot of the dealers out there just fit in that yep. kind of, that kind of place, getting great so. testimonial comments from that so far. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Oh, there's Mr. Vic Everett, one of our, uh, um, our V8 members. <laughs> yeah. now, so you're welcome, Vic. Yep. So yeah, yeah good information. I, and Vic, we appreciate you. And so I think, um, again, on the V8 thing, everybody I think at this point understands the format. It's about mm -hmm. dealers having a chance to get together and compare numbers and connect, get off their mm -hmm. Island and kind of see how other people are and, doing it. And, and chat you like hashtag beers peers and beers, beers and beers. <laughs> you can bring a beer. You can bring a sandwich. <laughs> I'm just asking our members if you're going to eat some chips, maybe mute your microphone yeah. during the V8, uh, yeah. the virtual Make meeting. Make sure but, it's soft stuff, not crunchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we've uh, it's been good. Like people enjoy the relaxed atmosphere. Most mm -hmm. of the groups are voting to do their meetings in the evenings so that they don't yeah. have to, you know, can be away from the dealership, yeah. and that we we like that format as well. So uh, all good. Just know that that's uh, something that is a, a good way for dealers to be able to get in here and see these kind of numbers. Certainly, yeah. collateral recovery rate among those kind of things will be amongst the numbers will be. Um, showing yeah. that the group's mature. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your support. Um, and uh, we will be back on Wednesday with... Um, we have some announcements, but let's make sure we get them yeah. official before we <laughs> do Wednesday. So look for the, look for the um, announcement on our uh, Wednesday topic. All right. Have a great rest. Have a great holiday and um, a great rest of your day. And and enjoy all that tax dollars that are mm -hmm. starting to come in. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much for joining.